Hi, everyone. Dr. B here. Thank you so much again for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. Small bite today, gum chewing. Pretty simple topic, right? Most of us like to gum chew. (laughs) I'm not a big gum chewer. I read this data, these studies that I'm going to cite here, and we're going to talk a little bit in depth about what kind of gum, when to chew it, as it relates to suppressing cavities. And there are going to be some things in this discussion that are going to blow your mind, especially if you are a parent and you are expecting or you have young children under the age of 10. So listen up. Hi, Dr. B here with a new product discovery that I am very excited to be using now in my daily regimen. Probably the most undervalued aspect of oral health boils down to the health of our saliva. And hydration plays a huge role in our body's ability to produce saliva. The oral biofilm, which supports the oral microbiome, experiences dynamic cycles of D and rehydration due to our choices of beverages, medications we are taking, and even to how we breathe. And for our saliva glands to produce enough saliva, about a liter and a half a day, the body has to be adequately hydrated. After all, saliva is 99.5% water. Saliva also contains sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which activates the saliva and allows it to do its job, and that is to support the oral microbiome. This is why I add these exact minerals in a very specific ratio to my drinking water daily. And the best way I have found to accomplish this is by adding a packet of Element. Make sure your saliva is available to function at its best. Go to the link drink lmnt.com slash askthedentist for a free gift and a chance to sample all of Element's flavor choices. Staying hydrated isn't just about body health or for athletes. It's also for anyone that wants to achieve long-lasting oral health and a healthy and vibrant smile. Again, the link to easy and optimal hydration is drinklmnt.com slash askthedentist. This data is pretty old, late 80s to late 90s. These, that's the, 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 the date range for the studies that I'm going to cite here. So I don't know if any of you remember, but back in the old days, there was that four out of five dentists recommend Trident gum. That's not what we're talking about here. That is garbage that has artificial sweeteners in it, like saccharin, and that's not good for you. It causes brain damage. It has other chemicals in it, and there's no therapeutic effect. And in fact, when I was a younger dentist, I was worried with my patients that were grinding a lot, had a lot of myofascial pain, tightness of the muscles, clicking and popping of the joint. I did not want them to chew gum. That just made it worse. But in general, gum chewing as long as it has this one active ingredient in it, is actually very good for you. It will make a big difference in your oral health. And this ingredient is xylitol. It is a wood sugar. Everyone's heard of xylitol. It's in toothpaste. It is in gum. There are two different sources of xylitol. Some controversy there. I'm going to try and clear that up at the end of this discussion. I love xylitol. If I were to formulate a toothpaste, probably the first ingredient would be xylitol. And it would be the synthetic form. And I'll explain later why. Xylitol does many things. It's sweet. It tastes wonderful. It's not caloric. You can bake with it. It is a FODMAP food. So if you have that issue, you will get gas from it. Obviously, it's bad for your pets because they can't process it. It doesn't mean it's bad for humans. And be clear that when I'm talking about xylitol, I'm not talking about swallowing it or ingesting it. I'm talking about releasing it in the mouth for a few minutes, five to six times a day for a desired effect. All right. So what, what, what's going to blow your mind here? It blew mine again. First, it blew my mind that th- this data is old and that 
we aren't having this discussion as dentists with our patients, with our parents-to-be. Number one, clearly, number one comment I get on Instagram or question is from a mom, sometimes a dad, sometimes both. You know, I've done everything you've recommended. I'm flossing my kids' teeth. They don't eat goldfish crackers. They don't have a dry mouth. Their mouth is closed at night, et cetera, et cetera. And the dentist said, my kid, maybe is two or three or four years old, has five or six or seven cavities. They have to be put under and it's very, very expensive. So, so here is one pretty, very easy, inexpensive solution to preventing that. Chew xylitol gum. Have your children chew xylitol gum. The other thing that blew my mind is the mother. And again, I don't know why the studies are based on moms. There's no mention of dads, but again, no harm in having dad. Any caregiver, that's how I would recommend it. Any caregiver, whether it's a nanny, doesn't matter if it's male or female, anyone that spends, grandparents, for example, Make sure that all the caregivers of that child are chewing xylitol gum while tending to the child for many, many years. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Here's another thing that is very interesting. Don't start chewing the gum when the baby is born. Start chewing the gum before baby is born. The therapeutic effect is quite pronounced if, let, let, let's stick with the mom as an example, but consider that list I just gave you of all caregivers. If mom is chewing gum for a year before the first baby tooth erupts, the reduction in the incidence of decay is phenomenal. I'm going to give you some numbers. It is, it is, and the, the degree of confidence in these studies is quite high, 95, 98%. I'll just come up with it. The, the reduction can be up to 93%. That's almost a perfect score just by chewing gum, just by mom chewing gum or the caregivers chewing gum. And then there's a delayed effect. In other words, once mom and kid stops chewing gum at a certain age, there are all sorts of different degrees of that in these studies, there is a residual effect for the following five years. So anyway, I'm just going to go through some of the data. I'm going to list all these studies in the show notes so you can look through it for yourself, especially if you're a provider. And and then we're all going to wonder, whether you're a provider or a parent, why aren't we having this discussion? We're talking about brushing and flossing. We're talking about eating well, don't eat junk food. We're talking about dry mouth. Even that discussion is not, 90% of that discussion is not being had, unless you're seeing a functional dentist, of course. So typically, it's just brushing and flossing. And then when you come in and your child has all these cavities, you're told, well, you didn't brush, you didn't floss. Getting a cavity is a multifactorial thing. It's not just one thing. So don't let any dentist shame you or hygienist shame you into thinking that this was your fault. A lot of health dental healthcare providers are shaming moms for breastfeeding too long. They're saying that that caused the decay. Here's a tip. Here's a tip for everyone. Let's get past the shaming. Here's a tip for everyone. Chew gum xylitol gum, a clean, safe version of it. I'm going to make a recommendation here soon. And chew it before your kid is born or before, maybe after your kid is born and before the teeth erupt. And so how does this work? Just a quick, before I get into the data here, just the numbers, how does that work? Well, xylitol has, we've known this for a long time, xylitol suppresses, doesn't kill. It takes away one of the functions that the cavity-causing bug, there are many, but the, the big player is the S-mutant bug. 
This is the S mutan bug was described to me and discussed in dental school in the 80s. So this is nothing new, but it wasn't, we didn't talk about the xylitol connection. We didn't talk about why the strep mutan bug was so virulent when it came to causing cavities. It has legs. It has sticky little arms. Kind of think like, think of it as like an octopus with sticky little suction cups. It can stick to the tooth surface, even though there's a biofilm on this inanimate, smooth, hard object. And that's what the body does. It's trying to protect that object by putting a biofilm on it. And in the biofilm are bugs and enzymes and, and pathways for to bring in minerals to help remineralize teeth. And again, the body is aware of this bug. And even if you are healthy and don't have cavities, you have this bug. But if you're getting a lot of cavities, this bug is running amok. It is out of control. And for some reason, it is outproducing and it's, it's, it's a bully in the community and it's doing a lot of damage. And the other bugs aren't, aren't able to suppress the activity of that bug. Here's where xylitol comes in. Chewing xylitol, you're releasing the xylitol in the mouth. Xylitol takes away that stickiness factor. It prevents the S-mutan bug from sticking as effectively to the tooth surface. You don't want that bug right there because it's grabbing, let's say you had a starchy meal and then it consumes that fermentable carbohydrate, a very highly processed, easily digestible food. And the result of that, the excrement or of that metabolic moment or, or incident of eating is, is highly acidic, low pH, a very dissolving atmosphere or liquid that literally leaches the minerals out of the tooth. And if the bug is right there in a colony or thick biofilm or plaque layer, that's the older term, then it's basically boring a hole in that one area. Take away the stickiness, the bugs are going to float around, they're not able to stick to one area, they're not able to colonize as well, and the chance that you're going to get that boring, think of a mine, like a gold mine, and you're not going to have that repeated attack in one specific location on a tooth where the body can't keep up and keep feeding it and remineralizing it so it doesn't become a cavity. Xylitol does that. Pretty amazing, right? Okay, let's talk about some of these studies. Let me just switch screens here. Okay, first study concludes that for long-term cavity prevention, for those effects to be ma maximized, habitual xylitol gum chewing should be started at least one year before permanent tooth eruption. Okay, we talked about that. But anyway, it's, it's right here. I'm going to include all the links for these studies. This is a 1999 study, pretty recent. I mean, relative to the 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 list of uh, dates that I gave to you a few minutes ago. Anyway, a few highlights here. Anyway, it, it, typically these studies are one group of kids is given the xylitol gum, or mom is given xylitol gum that has a specific age range of kids, and then there's the group that doesn't chew xylitol gum. There, there's a lot of mixing of sorbitol and other things in there, but I'll let you know if that happens. These are, if I'm talking about xylitol, it's 100% xylitol. Uh, but, but the concentration of xylitol may not be 100%, but it's only, they're only basing it on the, on the one ingredient of xylitol. So here in this study, five years after the, after the two year program of habitual gum chewing, after that period ended, 288 children were re-examined. That's five years after the gum chewing stopped. And compared with the no-gum group, 
And here they mixed sorbitol, xylitol gums with a xylitol gum and no gum. So there were three groups. Anyway, the the long-term effect, this is a 95% confidence interval xylitol gum, and to a lesser extent, the xylitol-zorbitol combination had a preventative effect. Here, here are the numbers. During the five years after habitual gum chewing ended, xylitol gum, xylitol only, they reduced the carrier's risk by 60%. Xylitol-sorbitol were a little bit less, 44%. I'm not a big fan of sorbitol, by the way. Just stick with xylitol. It does the best. It's the safest. And then xylitol, okay. Then the long-term carries risk reduction associated with xylitol strongly depended on when teeth erupted. This is interesting. Teeth that erupted after one year of gum chewing, after the two-year habitual gum use ended and had ended, long-term carries risk was reduced by 93%. I mean... Uh, you're, you should be grabbing for that box of xylitol gum right now. Teeth that erupted before the gum chewing started. In other words, there were teeth present and the child started gum chewing after the tooth was present, had no significant long-term preventative effect. So it's really about having it on board and not a day before, but well before so that xylitol has a chance to modulate and strip the esmutan bugs of this sticky grabbing the tooth surface and glomming on to one area of, of reducing that effect. It, it takes time. And based on the studies, I would say between six and 12 months for that modulation to occur. Again, this is why it's so important to talk about the oral microbiome. It's all about the oral microbiome. Next study. Okay. There were two experimental groups. One used gum that had a 15% concentration of xylitol, and the other one had a 65% concentration of xylitol. Anyway, the effect was remarkable. Chewing xylitol gum had a beneficial effect on the cavity-forming process for all types of tooth surfaces, in between tooth surfaces, smooth surfaces, the grooves. But chewing gum with a higher xylitol content had an additional positive effect on the buccal lingual surfaces. What is that? That's on the side of the teeth, the cheek side and the tongue side. That's important. So these effects vary throughout the micro niches in the mouth. Not it, it's not an even effect. So obviously you want to you want to chew the sixty five percent version, and yeah, the higher the content, the better. I I, I think it would be. I, I would start at a sixty seventy percent concentration. And I haven't found a 100% concentration of xylitol in gum yet, but I'm working on it. But anyway, it has to be strong gum. Any So the point is, any xylitol gum may not do the trick in all areas of the mouth. Interesting, in this study, there was a questionnaire asking the participants after the fact about stomach pain. And unequivocally in the questionnaire, no one complained about any kind of stomach pain. And that is one of the potential side effects especially if you swallow xylitol, it can give you gas. It's hard. It's it's an undigestible. It's a prebiotic. So, so that was encouraging. Okay, another study. Let me just go through these, just trying to illustrate how the studies kind of support these, these ideas that I'm presenting. This, oh, the five-year follow-up. Let's talk about that. This is long-term effect of xylitol chewing gum in the, the long-term effect of xylitol chewing gum in the prevention of dental caries, a follow-up of five years after termination of the prevention program. I mentioned this earlier. The, this was an X and C group. There was a Y group, but 
the the X group was the group that was chewing a pure xylitol gum. They didn't mention concentration in this study. I wish they had. And at, even though, uh, so for two years, but after five years after the ceasing of chewing gum, the X group continued to increase in the the data points for reduction of caries actually increased a little bit. They didn't lessen over time. They actually increased a little bit. So there was this long-term effect, which is amazing. To me, that tells me that the oral microbiome had been modulated to the point where it was able to take care of itself. It just needed that boost from chewing xylitol gum for two years. So it's kind of a, a head start for the oral microbiome. Remember I said earlier, the oral microbiome of children is much different than adults. It's less focused. It's not doing as good of a job. It's trying to find itself. It's trying to figure out where it should be in terms of doing, being able to do its job. What else does this study say, especially on those teeth that erupted? Okay, that's that. And then there's the effect of xylitol on growth. Okay, that's something different. So, okay, I, I hope that demonstrates that there are studies that support this. And again, 65% concentration is better. There's a residual effect, and it's probably has something to do with helping the oral microbiome do its job. And it's this is for moms chewing or any caregiver chewing gum before the teeth erupt. It's also the child chewing gum. So let's leave that behind us. Let's talk about the practical application of chewing xylitol gum. How much xylitol should I use? There was some older research with xylitol that specified an amount of six to ten grams as being the sweet spot, and then there, and that was in the seventies. Then that is now discounted. It's not about the amount necessarily, although I think the sixty-five percent is important based on that one study. The sweet spot is frequency, not amount. So new research has actually shown better has shown better how to use xylitol, and that is the quant that quantity is not the most important thing, the number of exposures throughout the day. We want to get at least four to five exposures of, here it says in this study, 100% xylitol spread throughout the day. Interesting how, I mean, that should remind you of something. In dentistry, we're not so worried about sugar. I mean, we should be, but when it comes to causing cavities, if you were to eat all the sugar in one moment, you probably would never get a cavity. We talk about the frequency and the quantity. You can eat as much as you want. Eat the Halloween candy in a five or 10 minute sitting. You, sh you should be okay. Eating or drinking a sugary drink, sugary food over time, every hour on the hour, snacking on it, sipping on a, on a, on a, a kombucha or a, a sweetened beverage, a, a soda that is its frequency. It's not the quantity. It's the frequency that gives you the cavity. So conversely, it's the frequency of the exposure to xylitol and its effect, its its therapeutic effect on, on reducing cavities. So no surprise there, but I thought I would add that. Asorbitol, malitol, these are other sweeteners. They, they, they have not demonstrated the effect that xylitol has. So I would definitely just stick with xylitol. And most gums are xylitol-based. And xylitol tastes better than sorbitol. Sorbitol doesn't taste very good. Malitol, not great. Xylitol has a very pleasant taste. And then remember that we're trying to starve the bacteria and by providing all of those other sugars that feed the bacteria makes that job that much more difficult, right? So rather than thinking in terms of how much, I'm talking about sugar, think, think in terms of how often. And that goes for the amount of sugar you eat, but it's also, think about it in terms of 
how much you expose your mouth to, expose your mouth to xylitol or the oral microbiome. Again, it is not necessarily the quantity. Quantity is partly important, partially important, but the frequency is key. So where does that lead us to? How often should I use xylitol? There's a There was an interesting term in one of the studies that said strive for five. I thought that was kind of cool. So essentially what the study said is that when you wake up in the morning, and this is if you're mom and you're trying to prevent your kids from having decay, you're trying to get your oral microbiome in, in a position where that when it does get shared with your kid, it is optimal and you're getting that, that benefit, that child is getting the benefit of being able to tame the SMU10 bugs. So real, real quickly, after breakfast, before breakfast, doesn't matter, but let's say after, to keep it simple, after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, before bed, if you're going to strive for five, maybe right when you get up. So those are the five times, right when you get up, after breakfast, if you're intermittent fasting, just pick any time. It doesn't matter. Maybe by the time you get to work, chew, or maybe while you're driving to work, just space it out so that it's even, pretty much even, five or six times, four or five or six exposures to xylitol gum during the day. And if your kid is has teeth and is wanting to chew gum and like xylitol gum, have them chewed as well, kind of in the same in the same pattern. I've always liked xylitol gum for people that will do apple cider or vinegar in the morning, drink lots of coffee. In the evening, they're drinking wine or kombuchas, these acidic drinks. Instead of brushing, chew gum, drink a high pH mineral water, natural spring water. These are all things that will buffer the pH of those acidic drinks. That's direct exposure to acid-producing drinks. If your kids are snacking on something, let's say at school, don't send them to school with a toothbrush. It's not going to happen. <laughs> They're going to get they'll 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 be ridiculed for, you know, telling them, "Oh, my mom or dad said I should brush my teeth after lunch." Just give them some cool gum to chew on. Almost has the same effect. In many ways it could be better. And also the compliance will be much higher. So so if you're afraid of an acid attack, either from eating junk food and the bacteria like the S-mutan bug destroying the teeth or dissolving the calcium in that area, the xylitol gum will lessen that effect by up to 90, 95%. You, you, you saw that study. And then if you can, and, and let's, let's direct this advice to the parents, floss before you chew the gum, if you can. doesn't have to be five or six times a day. But let's say you chew the xylitol gum when you wake up, floss before you chew the gum. If you have the opportunity to, to chew the gum, sorry, to floss, floss before you chew the gum, not after. This allows the effect of xylitol to get in between the teeth and two more of those strep mutant bugs in the biofilm. So, so strive for five, very cute, flossing. Anyway, I think that's all I've got to say. Oh, we were going to talk about the source of xylitol. Let me mention that briefly. But before I do, I wanted to add one other thing, just a little little extra, a little bonus here. I recommend the X-Clear. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's on our store. That's the spray that has xylitol in it, nasal spray. It's the only spray I would consider using unless you have some very serious need for uh, decongestants, uh, that kind of thing. By the way, Benadryl and Sudafed don't work. That was something that we thought that we approved back in the late 30s. And now we have found, like fluoride, we have found based on very old data that there is no effect, maybe a placebo effect at best. So, but xylitol, squirting that up the nose, little grapefruit extract in there as well, very natural spray, that actually reduces the growth of another bug, the S. Pneum, the S. pneumoni, 
in the nasopharynx, in the nasal passages. And it could also reduce the carriage or the transference of this pathogen to the lungs and to the nasopharynx and cause pneumonia. Amazing, right? So xylitol has a lot of benefit. Gear up with xylitol. Get the X-Clear, get the xylitol gum, make sure it's in your toothpaste. So xylitol has some amazing benefit and it's natural. Anyway, let's talk about the sources of, of, of xylitol because there is some controversy for that. And again, but I'm not worried about xylitol, but I'll tell you which form of it I'm most fond of. So real quick on sources of xylitol, there obviously there's a synthetic version and there is a quote-unquote natural version. The natural version comes from birch trees. It's not from the tree itself, it's from the bark. I'm not sure what they do with the tree afterwards. It's not a very sustainable resource. It takes about 15 years to grow these trees. Beautiful tree. Birch wood can be used for, for many things, but they extract it from the bark and they have to use a different process than the the synthetic form. I don't know why they call it synthetic. It comes from the corn cob and they extract the xylitol from corn, but from the corn cob. And typically it's a it's a non-GMO product. The trees of course are non-GMO as well, but some trees are sprayed with pesticides. These are tree farms, it depends. And but here's the point, the extraction process is safer for you, for the person who ingests xylitol. And it's also better for the environment in terms of pulling it from corn. It's a more of an ion exchange rather than taking very strong chemicals and leaching it from the, the bark of the birch tree. In the end, you get the same result. There is one caveat, and that is I would choose the synthetic version that comes from the corn cob, more of a sustainable resource. Unfortunately, we're growing a lot of corn. We shouldn't be growing a lot of corn, but we are. It's there. But it's safer. It's better for the environment. You end up with the same product, but in the end, there are two grades of xylitol from that process. There is a food grade, and then there is a pharmaceutical grade. I'm looking for a pharmaceutical... I'm trying to differentiate now pharmaceutical grade quality xylitol in toothpaste and in, certainly in gum. But again, we're only chewing gum for a few years, hopefully. Of course, if you're having several children, you're, you're chewing gum for more, more time than that. Toothpaste is something we're using every day, twice a day for the rest of our lives. Anyway, I'm going to get, I'm going to find out more about that. But just, I know there are a lot of people that get very, very excited about xylitol. I'm not talking about swallowing it. Yes, it does. It is a FODMAP food it or product. It does cause a lot of gas. It, it does. It's not good for animals, pets, dogs, especially. And, and it's not because it's toxic and the everyone gets, everybody wants a natural version. I take a lot of supplements. A lot of them are, are synthetic because they're pure. It's the molecule itself. That's what I'm looking for. And if you get a natural form, of that same molecule, you get a lot of byproducts in there of the process of extracting it. So, so be very careful when you wish for something to be perfectly natural. It could be bad for the environment, and it could also have some other products in it from the process of making that product or extracting it from, from the natural environment, from whatever product it comes from. So in this case, personally, I would choose either xylitol. I think chewing xylitol gum is amazing. If you have cavities in your family, your kids are getting cavities, this is something you should be doing. It is so important. Chew, xylitol gum. Uh, I'm going to give you some brands. Oh, I, I mentioned I, I would talk about one brand. So I don't represent them. It's They're not on my store yet. 
Uh, I've been chewing this gum for a while. Uh, I've researched it. I don't know how much xylitol there is in it. The flavors are wonderful. It's spearmint, strawberry, lemon, cinnamon, and peppermint. And flavors are important, especially for kids. Uh, you, it, it has to be enjoyable. If you tell them to chew after lunch at school, you want it to be something that they look forward to. So, so that's important. But it's a very safe xylitol gum. It's better than a lot of the main brands out there. So, But I'm going to do more research. I will probably blog about this. I will do an Instagram post and update this episode. But I just wanted to get this information out there. If you're a parent, if you're a kid, listen, <laughs> chew gum, chew xylitol gum, chew it often, chew it six times a day, uh, chew it for about two minutes. That's all that's required. Typically, then the taste is gone. By then, anyway, that's when most people stop chewing. If you want to keep chewing a little bit after that, that's fine. But chew xylitol gum. You will be very happy you did. You will get fewer cavities or no cavities. So the, the numbers really are quite surprising. I will include all the in the show notes a place to find this and buy it, the studies that I referred to. I'm also going to include a link about how the two different versions of xylitol are made and a discussion of you know, of what are the pros and cons of each. And so you can make, you can judge for yourself. Anyway, I hope that did blow your mind. It blew my mind, many, many reasons. Old data, I don't hear it discussed that often. I'm pretty sure that you're surprised as well. And you're going, God dang it, I wish I had known this, you know, after having paid for, you know, dental bills for your kids and, and all of that. So will it help prevent cavities in a kid that's eating junk uh, or has a poor diet, mouth is open, I don't know. It'll certainly have a beneficial effect, uh, but this is something that you need to have in your armatarium, your quiver. You need to have xylitol gum handy. And it's easy to store, it's inexpensive, and it's fun. So no-brainer, chew xylitol gum, get fewer cavities. Hope that's not the last time you hear about this. Thanks for joining me for another episode. If you are looking for a functional dentist, someone that would have this knowledge or would be open to it, if you mentioned it on, on many topics, don't doesn't shame you for not wanting fluoride. You know, is is your partner in looking for ways to help oral health beyond just flossing and brushing and seeing a dentist twice a day? Look to our directory at askthedentist.com slash directory for a functional dentist. And again, Thanks for your interest in oral health. Um, I'm definitely seeing a big upswing in the interest for oral health among other influencers. I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately, that, hence that trip to Austin. Uh, you're, you'll be seeing a lot of that. And again, very excited that we're, we're able to get the message out. And, and mostly thanks to you, because you're bringing this information back to your dentist and your dentist is going, boy, I better go back and Google this. And next time I'll be better prepared. So keep up the pressure. Uh, and if you're being shamed, find another dentist and start chewing gum. Scrape your tongue. Stop using floss with PFAS in it. I mean, there are so many things to know about oral health. More to come. I will have a, uh, we will be doing, Dr. Stacy and I, pediatric dentists that many of you know, we're going to be doing a three or four part series on hydroxyapatite. A lot of people are getting concerned or getting a lot of misinformation about the dangers of nano, yes, some versions are probably not very good for you, but there are some versions out there that are very good for you that combat decay and help remineralize your teeth, along with chewing xylitol gum and mouth taping and all these other wonderful and easy, thing, uh, easy things to do. So that's coming up, probably three or four quick small bites on hydroxyapatite. And then 
in November, early November, a big announcement. I'm just going to leave it at that. And we'll talk more about everything in functional dentistry. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.